<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. You are listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast, where we feature timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and the economy in the hope of providing you investing and trading guidance. Here's your host, Royce Aguilar, from the Research Department at First MetroSec. Welcome to another uh, Philippine stock market wrap-up. So what happened in April 2021? It was uh, volatile in terms of news, in terms of price movement for some of our uh, index names, and we will discuss them all. Okay, So this is kind of a special stock market wrap-up because we added uh, a couple of uh, topics that it's you know noteworthy in ter- given the recent uh, addition in terms of investment assets in the Philippine Stock Exchange. So yeah, we will discuss first what happened in the month of April, and then we will discuss what to watch out for in May. And then I added a couple of topics just for today. So we will discuss briefly about what we know all about the Philippine Invest Suite, and then we will discuss a bit about the FOO details in AC Energy. And then afterwards, we will uh, go back to our normal process. We will discuss the long-term picks and our traders playbook picks. Okay. So let's define or let's describe what happened in the month of April. So in April 2021, we went down by 72 points or 1.1% uh, to close at 6,370.87. This was actually a pretty uh, volatile week. We were actually supposed to be up this month if it weren't for the what happened earlier uh, in the market. Nevertheless, year-to-date, the PSI is still down by 768 points. Or 10.8%. So we closed at 6,370.87. So what made the market go down? So there were economic worries given the elevated daily infection cases. So and there were there were also news that we are now at MECQ until May 14. There are also uh, news from the DOH saying that there are new variants of COVID-19 detected in the country. Psychologically, the, no, the total number of cases uh, approached the 1 million mark, so that actually hit a bit in terms of sentiment. But again, no, these are significant news that made the market go down, but we were only down by 1.1%. So what supported the market, right? What supported the market was expectations of easing quarantine measures. Earlier this week, you saw the market tried to rally, tried to rebound. Because of this expectation that it will be a flexible um, ECQ. And it kind of is, mainly because uh, of the curfew, right? From, I believe, 8 to 5, it's now just 10 to 4 or 10 to 5. And then in terms of inflation, this was kind of an issue earlier this year. But after inflation came in at 4.5%, okay, although it's quite high, but it's lower than expectations. And then if you take a look at price action, we are now um, finding it hard to break above that uh, 66 level, 6600, 6615. Actually, that 6.4 there is supposed to be an other resistance already. And that was proven in the past couple of weeks because the 6.4 now resistance level has been acting as this level where you know sellers are now taking control uh, and that has been happening for the past couple of weeks. The sell-off earlier was comp- even complemented with significant volume. So that signals that the sellers are still controlled. So especially if we break below 6325, there could be further correction. That being said, we have been uh, emphasizing this in our 
weekly reports that if you are you're a bit specific on price action, uh, this may not yet be the price where you should buy. Nevertheless, if you're a long-term investor, you you could just average down or buy whatever uh, established or notable company that you like. But it's just notable that the PSEI is not yet bullish. Okay, if you take a look at the monthly chart, it's still it's it still shows that we are not yet out of the woods. Okay, it's it's another red candle for the month for for PSEI on the monthly candle. So what do we watch out for in May? What do we watch out for in May? Again, lockdown measures will be will we continue to be part of this flexible MECQ? Will we will we be downgraded to GCQ? Again, it's all contingent on the number of cases. But in terms of economic data, there are lots of economic data this month. So we have the manufacturing data, inflation, GDP. We have GDP on May 11. We have interstate decision on May 13, or implemented just on 17. And then on the US, there are jobs report on May 7, inflation and GDP also the latter part of the month. Globally, there are also GDP data for Euro for Euro area and Japan on May 18. Besides that, it's still earnings season, but specifically it's the first quarter earnings season. So this will give us now a signal or some guidance on how fast will the recovery be in terms of corporate earnings, right? Besides mentioning the corporate earnings, what's more important and what's our role is to find out what are what are the guidance of the companies as the year uh, goes by. And then, of course, the most important thing is COVID-19 vaccine-related news. The arrival of more vaccines in the country is uh, the most important thing right now in, in terms of the effect not only to the stock market, but, of course, to the, to the people, to the economy, and the like. And again, the movement in bond market. So we should continue to watch that, especially if, if it has a, an effect now on value, corporate valuations, specifically on the equities market. So yeah, see, so this is the opportunity to briefly discuss what Philinvestland disclosed regarding their REIT. Okay, so basically, the properties under Philinvest REIT, so they have, they plan to have 17 buildings, 16 of which in Philinvest REIT and one in Cebu Cyber Zone. Now, if you compare it to Double Dragon, the main difference here is uh, Philinvestland will lease the property. So it does not own the land compared to DDM REIT, it owns the land. The main comparison, another is the tenancy mix, right? Only 2% is occupied by POGOs for Philinvest REIT. So from there, if you want more stability, probably Philinvest can be the right REIT for you. It's the same with a REIT, right? Limited exposure to POGOs. And another thing to note here is tenants will continue to be dominated by BPOs in the future, given that all buildings are PESA accredited. That's good. PESA accredited is good. So in terms of its offer um, details, so this may... This may still be changed depending on what the company will decide. But in terms of offer prices, up to 8.3 pesos could be lower, right? And in terms of their prospectus, uh, they expect to earn or to have a dividend of 0.463 per share. So if you com- if you do the math, the dividend yield is projected to be 5.6%. Target listing date is on third quarter, third quarter of the year. Okay, so that's basically what we know now. Profile invested it so you can put that on your watch list or save up some cash if you want to avail of Phil Invest Suite. So next is the details. 
for AC Energy, and I will also provide some bit of info regarding what to think of the company specifically. So in terms of details, the final offer price is 6.50 per common share. So this allows AC Energy to raise as much as 12.7 billion from the FOO. If you want to talk about the net net, I believe uh, they disclosed that they will uh, get around 10 billion from the said FOO if you want to talk about the net proceeds. And the use of proceeds is to develop its power projects, specifically the ones in the pipeline. They will also attempt to repay their loans. And I think the main goal of FOO is to also increase their public float. Currently at 15.6%, they plan to, after the FOO, the public float will be at around 27.8%. And the interesting thing here is if you want to be part of the index, having a higher public float helps. In terms of what we think about AC Energy, so we actually released a Traders Playbook on this one nearly a couple of weeks ago. And basically, we recognize in terms of price-to-earnings ratio of AC Energy, it's quite expensive, relatively expensive, but it's a growth stock, right? And of course, if it infuses more energy assets, specifically the international ones, there's a high chance that it will increase its earnings, hence it will have a lower PE moving forward. So nevertheless, we recognize that the market thinks that AC Energy is expensive at around 8 pesos, 750. That's why we recommended to buy on pullbacks. And now it has pulled back near to hours to the lower bound of our recommendation at 650, which is which is exactly the FO price. So that's basically a recommendation. But if you want to talk about the fundamentals, basically the infusion of the international assets is definitely a catalyst for AC energy. Right? It's not only exposed now to the Philippines, but also to other countries such as Australia, Vietnam, India. And it has a specific goal to have a capacity of 5,000 megawatts by 2025. And it has a goal to divest all of its assets, specifically on the coal assets by 2030, because it plans to be this renewable-only company by then. So yeah, so if you want to zoom in what we think about AC Energy, this is what we think basically. So far, AC Energy is on track to meet its goal, right, uh, of having 5,000 megawatts by 2025. Definitely to put on all our watch list. So it has the potential, given the growth trajectory, it has the potential to be part of the PSEI. Right. But I'm not going to speculate on that for now, but definitely it has the potential. So in terms of its chart, yeah, you saw their break below 100-day MA given the uh, the announcement of the FOO price. Nevertheless, 6550 is your next support for uh, AC Energy. So in terms of our stock picks, we would like to reiterate that we are going for those who have upside in the next 12 to 24 months. So basically what we're trying to do is to recommend to our clients something that you're looking into long-term, right? Something that you can buy and sleep at night. Of course, we recognize that some of these stocks have actually been sold down the past month. Nevertheless, we think that's only an opportunity to buy more. Given how established these companies are, how they've already weathered several crises before, right? And they're poised to remain market leaders moving forward. So first, under the property segment, continue to like Ayala Land. We have a target price of 52 pesos for Ayala land, mainly because of its exposure to the residential segment. And yeah, we've been mentioning several months now, residential segment, because we expect resales to recover strongly. Uh, developers are expected to address tight inventory levels, right? On the office side, yeah, we are seeing uh, a bit of pogos leaving the country. Nevertheless, we expect BPO demand to offset that. So on the residential side, given the significant exposure of Ayala land, we like the company. Also, should we be open 
Ayala Land can benefit from the faster normalization of mall rentals and the like. Okay, so Ayala Land has been significantly sold down last month, specifically by foreigners, but continue to see that as an opportunity to buy, especially for the long-term investors. Next one, SM Prime Holdings. This is your leader in the property space. And we continue to, uh, we expect market leadership to maintain post-pandemic. Then to be specific, we estimate reservation sales to pick up strongly in 2021, specifically 20%. On the back of, you know, remittances continue to be resilient. There's, it's still a low interest rate environment, right? So target price is 45. Next is for Robinson's land. We forecast RLC's earnings to uh, exceed 2019 levels as early as this year, mainly because it has a project in Chengdu, China. It also has a venture with Shang Properties in Hong Kong land. So basically, the international business can pick up the slack then result to RLC's earnings already exceed pre-COVID levels. Another is we continue to like consumer discretionaries, uh, mainly because, again, we're looking at upside. You can accumulate the safe havens, the COVID-19 place, such as Pure Gold, URC, but we're talking about which stocks will give you the most upside, and we think the consumer discretionary sector will give you that. Which are those? Versus San Miguel Food and Beverage, with a target price of 81 pesos, again, it's hinged on further reopening, right? Uh, as quarantine measures are further lifted, there are more social gatherings, nighttime activities. It will benefit beer consumption, especially the likes that being owned by San Miguel Food and Beverage, which is San Miguel Brewery, right? And we're seeing a bit of reopening recently, diba? And allowed na 10% dining, right? So it's, it's slowly picking up already in terms of easing of restrictions. Nevertheless, expect FB to outperform within the next 12 to 24 months, especially once we reopen. Again, for some people who are asking, we're back into quarantine measures right now. What's the main difference compared to last year? The main difference is vaccine. We have vaccine now. So in terms of fear, it's significantly less fearful right now. This time, we can create a framework in terms of where to invest in. right? And this is our role and this is our recommendation. Next is RHI, another stock that has been sold down for year to date. Nevertheless, it will continue to benefit from further reopening of the economy soon, right? It's just that it's significantly exposed to malls, specifically specialty stores, department stores, right? That's why it's not yet being bought up. So for us, we can take advantage of this opportunity. Keep in mind that if you take a look at the chart of RHI, it's near it's March 2020 lows already. So we can ask ourselves, is the situation for HI the same as March 2020, right? If you think about that, right, we, we can definitely see opportunity here. And another thing is, RHI's balance sheet remains healthy. So it can acquire companies if it likes. So it has that war chest post-pandemic. And we're also positive on financials, right? We can't have a sustainable GDP rebound without borrowing appetite picking up pace, right? But again, the return of loan growth is also hinged on successful rollout of vaccine. So we just like to disclose that we cannot recommend Metrobank because we're part of the group. Nevertheless, our research partner, DBS, uh, Development Bank of Singapore, Vicar Securities, they, they have a buy call Metrobank at 64 pesos, mainly because of valuations. And it's the same fundamental reasons that we have. It's just that they prefer Metrobank because of valuations. So if DBS prefers Metrobank, which banks are picked? So first one is BDO. We actually increased target price for BDO at uh, to 162 pesos. That's post first quarter earnings. And we think uh, earnings are sh significantly showing signs of rebound. The bank is staying at a steep discount to historical price to book, right? 
So basically, investors were looking at the asset quality issues arising from the COVID-19 pandemic. But if you take a look at the recent earnings, lower than expected credit costs booked in the first quarter, we suggest that credit quality issues are easing, right? So this tells us that there's now an opportunity to accumulate BDO given the improving situation specifically in the company. And if you want to specify the effect of the CREATE law, changes due to the sign of the CREATE law should result in faster earnings growth. Earnings per share growth of, of 34.5% CAGR or compounded annual growth rate for 2020 to 2022. For BPI, it's the same case. We lowered a bit though our loans growth of forecast to 6 and 8% this year and next year respectively given management guidance. Nevertheless, we continue to see that there's room for rebound and room for upside. Now, mainly because it's still trading at 80 pesos, we still see that valuations are not that expensive. So there's room. There's room to earn for BPI. And again, if you want to specify the effect of the create law to earnings per share growth uh, of BPI, it's 24.8% CAGR for 2020 to 2022. So target price for BPI now is 105. So just to um, reiterate for those listeners out there, for BDO, our target price now is 162 from 150. For BPI, it's 105 from 99 pesos. Lastly, SM Investments, again, is, is our top pick mainly because it captures the exposure to the reopening winners, property, retail, and banking. And if you take a look at the stock price of SM, it has been relatively stable, right? So this is definitely your uh, relatively safe raven pick right now. And you have a growth prospect once the economy reopens. At this slide, you will see now the upside of our picks compared to the target price. And for listeners out there, for SM, you have a 30% upside. For LLN, you have a 61% upside. For SMPH, you have 30% upside. For RLC, 70%. FB, 21%. RHI, 67%. BDO, 57%. And for BPI, 26% upside compared to the closing price of April 30, 2021. Now on this slide, you will see here our model part. Basically, if you've bought the companies according to market cap weighted, you, you bought them accordingly for their market cap. So for example, SM, given its market cap weight, you have a bigger allocation to SM. If that is the case, uh, your portfolio would have only been down by 8.7% compared to the PSEI going down by 10.8%. Another situation is if you bought equally all of our stock picks, it would have been down by 10.5%, still relatively outperforming the PSI performance by 0.3%. So basically now, we will share to you our traders playbook pick. So we have three for you for this month, right? So first one is we have Wholesim. So for Wholesim, um, basically all of our uh, three traders playbook picks are related to earnings, right? So first one is Wholesim, basically... Its earnings in the first quarter uh, rallied or surged by 81%, mainly because of lower operating expenses. But if you take a look at sales, it's still down compared to last first quarter of the year. It's understandable mainly because last January and February 2020, there were no restrictions at all. But nevertheless, their net income still rallied by 81% because of lower operating expenses. So they have, they have managed to provide a better cost uh, structure, giving them a higher net income, right? And for us, we understand that sales may be muted in early second quarter of the year, but the cost-saving initiatives of the company could help manage the impact of logistical bottlenecks caused by the renewed quarantine measures. And moving forward in the latter part of the year, 
once you expect sales to further pick up, you will now have uh, a higher sales and yet lower costs. So that will significantly boost net income further. So that's wholesome. So you will see there, you accumulate, your recommendation is to accumulate wholesome once it makes above 590. Next is Meralco, right? For Meralco, it also uh, discloses its earnings. It's still down by 10.7%. Nevertheless, there were signs of um, recovery specifically on the industrial sector. Residential is given that it's higher than last year, mainly because of work from home arrangements. But if you take a look at the industrial sector, it's already higher than last year, mainly because you see the cement steel sectors fully operating. But what dragged earnings of Meralco is the commercial sector, the commercial, the real estate, the hotels, restaurants, education. But we think that there's room for Meralco's sales volume to further rebound. Right? Besides the uh, more relaxed quarantine measures right now, it has a new uh, catalyst, specifically its increased contribution in GBPC. It is expected to book higher sales from that this year. Earnings could uh, return to pre-pandemic levels as early as this year. That is um, quite a feat for an established index company. So that's why we have a call for Meralco. But in terms of price action, still trading within the range, should we expect traders and investors to buy at support, specifically at 260 to 265 for a better risk-to-reward trade or investment. Lastly, AEV, AEV which, which has been significantly lagging in terms of earnings last year, has done well in the first quarter, mainly because all of its subsidiaries have posted double-digit growth, some triple-digit growth, right? So it's power business, mainly because of higher water inflows, higher availability, because last year, I believe there were shutdowns and insurance claims, right? Nevertheless, if you exclude the insurance claims, current net income of the power business would have still grown by 83%. It's still respectable. Banking also outperformed, mainly because of higher non-interest income, Net interest margins also increased for the food business, mainly because of higher selling prices. Cement also outperformed, driven by lower costs. Real estate, mainly because of increased construction activity. Those businesses could continue to sustain their growth, mainly because they have company-specific catalysts. Right? For the power business, it has a new unit, the 668 megawatt plant. Right? For the infrastructure segment, the common tower business is expected to contribute to revenue and earnings this year, according to management. Then for the cement business, again, they have new capacities in Bulacan and Iligan. So expect higher or sustainable earnings growth moving forward, despite the significant earnings growth that they already posted last first quarter of the year. Okay, so AEV could accumulate at current levels, especially after it pulled back earlier, April 30, 2021. Just set your cut loss below 34 pesos if you are a trader. So yeah, this is the performance now of our trader's playbook picks. These are our buy calls. The first slide will show you our buy calls, right? If you take a look at the performance, average year-to-date is slightly positive compared to PSI being down, mainly because we practice, we have a good discipline in risk management, right? We don't only recommend buy calls, we also have sell calls, which we have success also. If you take a look at our sell calls, we have provided guidance both on the buy and the sell, right? Oh, we recognize we only earn from the buy calls, right? But nevertheless, it's good to practice caution, especially the volatile market, especially the downward movement of the market right now. In if you capture all of those that hit our cut loss, hit our target price, both on the upside and the downside, we would have a 52% hit ratio as of end April, right? We look to further improve that as the months go by. So now, yeah, this is the time now we welcome your uh, your questions. 
first one, do you think the 6.50 per share FOO is still expensive and should be priced in lower than 6.15? If you ask me, I think any price at 6 pesos is good. I, I was actually hoping it, it would not go for 7 to 8 pesos, but they, they price it at around 6 pesos. And yeah, just to combine it with another question, do you could recommend AC Energy considering your consensus target price is only 6 pesos? Personally, I have high hopes for the company in terms of long-term, right? We recognize that consensus target price is quite lower compared to current price. But again, that's the target price within the next 12 months. So I think my main suggestion here is you can accumulate a bit now. And if it pulls back further, you buy more. So technically, you, the main strategy is you, you can try to position size AC Energy by buying a bit and having cash allocated when it goes lower. Right, mainly because again, not the Philippine plants and the international power plants are not yet matured. They're still in the growth stage, right? That's why it's not that easy to value the potential moving forward. But should it continue the growth trajectory, it can definitely be uh, more valuable compared to its uh, price right now. And you you'll see you see the global trend. You see the global trend, the, the shift to renewable energy, and the Philippines is also doing so but it's they're not yet approving they're not already approving the new coal power plants there the department of energy is focused on boosting the renewable energy space here in the country so you have catalyst local and global that's what i think for ac energy so yeah you could buy in the foo if it does i think the, the main strategy here is um you can avail of the foo assuming current prices stay. If it, the market price remains above the FOO, you avail of the FOO, right? And if it trades below the FOO price, then you buy at market price. So next question is logistics. Yeah, logistics. So uh, yeah, all HC and ICT. Well, for all HC, uh, if you take a look at our trailer's playbook, although it hit our cut plus level, I think I, we, I'm still positive on the fundamentals, mainly because you see here the e-commerce then is here to stay. The growth trajectory may slow down a bit, especially if Nagri open, but definitely it's there to stay. The the e-commerce like our option to buy online is here to stay. That will benefit the logistics, the warehousing businesses, right? Where all HC is focused at. That's why I'm positive. For ICT, it's not only a logistics play, it's, it's a really a global trade play, right? And it's one of the companies that you could rely on given how efficient its cost structure is. Despite the pandemic, it, it's quite amazing how they managed to maintain their net income. Their, their net income did not go down as much because they have exposure in global. Eh? So despite the Philippines lagging in global trade, they, ha they have other countries to pick where it can pick up the slack. So yeah, all HE is your growth. ICT is your matured play. So you can buy both. This is a good question. Uh, any insights on IMI given the current chip shortage? Actually, based on the recent earnings of IMI, they they mentioned that their for their earnings performance would have been better if there were no chip shortages because they're now deferred revenues, meaning there were revenues that they were supposed to book but they did not book mainly because there were unfulfilled orders, right? So I think IMI is something to watch out for, but I think IMI did not drop as much year to date. Mainly because, actually, it's, I think it's up here today. Nevertheless, it went down significantly from its high of 15 pesos because of that. So when do they expect that to be resolved? According to management, they expect that to be resolved by end 2021, right? So something to put on our watch list. Because IMI, if you exclude 
the chip shortage problem. IMI has a good growth prospect. It's exposed to the Internet of Things. It's exposed to the growth of 5G. It's exposed to the electric vehicle space. They're providing the certain parts to those uh, sectors, right? That's why they're well-positioned as a growth company. So it's something to put on our watch list, definitely. And once the current chip shortage issues go away, they will definitely benefit from the secular trends right now. Another question is what are thoughts on AR as well as other mining stocks? For AR, yeah, yeah, I sympathize with those who are holding AR. I'm not sure how will it play out, but I think definitely there will be some kind of penalty to the company, but I'm not sure how will it play out with the shareholders. So just keep watchful of the edge disclosures and keep watchful of our daily reports if there are any progress on that front. On other mining stocks, we yeah, we mentioned several times that we're positive on nickel, nickel-related uh, stocks, right? So we have Nickel Asia, FNI, right? Of course, the their prices have rallied already. So nevertheless, if you're a long-term investor, you could buy every time it pulls back because they're exposed to the electric vehicle space also, which is a secular trend, not globally, a global secular trend. Keep in mind that our nickel stocks, our nickel companies, they export, right? So even if full pang electric vehicles here, doesn't matter because they're already benefiting from other countries. They're shipping to China. China, heavily exposed on electric vehicle. So I prefer the nickel-related issues for now. Okay, so do you advise availing the AEC Energy FOO for us without any base? Again, it's good to diversify. It's good to diversify to a growing renewable energy. And AC Energy is one of your leaders there. Besides FGN, AC Energy is your leader on the renewable energy space. Again, as I've mentioned earlier, the, the our basis on why we like AC Energies is mainly because of its growth prospect. It's not yet a mature company. It has growth prospects both locally and globally. Again, it's also exposed in Australia, Vietnam, and India. And those are still growth power plants. It's not yet that established. So it can gather more clients as it goes. Again, should you buy the FOO, you buy the FOO if the market price remains to be above the FOO price. right? And I think FOO will begin on Monday and currently AC Energy is at 6.80. You try to avail to take advantage of the lower market price opportunity. Uh, good question. So what do we think is the good strategy to employ to navigate through the current stock market considering we're in a pandemic, right? And you're asking through a beginner perspective. Okay, so we, of course, so we understand that our main picks are mostly reopening winners, right? But we understand that it's a good way to diversify also into by adding a bit of dividend yielding plays, REITs, even the safe haven COVID-19 plays. Our main strategy is, for example, at least you allocate most of your portfolio to the opening winners if you want to have more upside or more gains, probable gains, within the next 12 to 24 months. You probably you can allocate 70, at least 70% to the opening winners, 10% to dividend yielding, 10% to COVID-19 plays, and then 10% cash, right? So that could be your strategy. Again, you could adjust the numbers, but our main call here is to allocate most to reopening winners that have that alpha performance within the next one to 24 months. Okay, so what's our take on DDMPR? So yeah, we've, we've been mentioning DDMPR um, the past couple of months. And for us, DDMPR, if you want to have that upside for yield, 
DDMPR is your play. But again, that upside comes with risk because it's significantly exposed to gaming-related BPOs and POGOs. So we're seeing already a, f- a flight uh, of, you mean, POGOs leaving the country, right? If that further happens, if, if it worsens, that could affect uh, DDMPR already. So it's something for you to consider given the upside in yield. Because again, the main difference between DDMPR in eighty. DDMPR owns its land. So besides yung rental income growth, yung upside will also come from the land appreciation. So you, you consider that and you consider the risk. If you think the benefits will outweigh the risk, you buy. For now, the benefits seem to outweigh the risk. right? But again, if you're that kind of conservative investor, maybe it should be instead be your replay. Okay, another good question here is what is uh, the hope of Dito despite news of their launching in Luzon, the prices is still not going up. Yeah, we also mentioned this in our previous Facebook event that after the launch of the operations, it will already be kind of boring for Dito because the the most anticipated news of it actually launching their operations has already been priced in. So for us, now this is where fundamentals comes in. After they launched their operation, it's already been pricing that they will launch in Mindanao, they will launch in Luzon. That's already expected. I think the main catalyst now for Dito to go to rally double, triple its price is if, if the numbers show. The numbers meaning revenue, earnings. Although Dito disclosed that they will not, they're not expecting to earn on the net income level after five years. So that could be your guidance that maybe you could... If you're an investor of Dito, you could still put, maybe you could put your Dito in your watch list first and find other sold down names out there. If you're a trader, then it's your decision to, to find the support, the resistance, and the like. But if you're looking at it in a fundamental way, and if you're, if you're expecting that to be the catalyst for Dito, it could be that that may not be the case compared to before. Because the main catalyst before of Dito, which was the launch operations, already happened. So nag technically nag-sell on news na siya before, diba? From as high as 18, so now 10 pesos na lang siya. Because na price in na. Na price in na siya. So next is what can we say about the tender offer for Manila Water? Yeah, so don't be misled that the tender offer is 13 pesos that Manila Water should trade at 13 pesos. That's not the case. Because the tender offer price was already disclosed before. So it was already priced in before. So right now they're pricing an, a, a different set of catalysts and the main purpose of tender offers for the Rason group the trident water holdings to have a stake in manila water right so that was the purpose of the tender offer it's your option to sell your shares it's okay to hold your shares if, if you want mwc to act as your hedge in your portfolio if your if your portfolio is kind of risk-taking you could add manila water as your hedge especially if lumabas na in details of the concession agreement and if it's um more favorable compared to what is initially expected, Manila Water could go up. What are your thoughts on CNPF? CNPF, we're actually positive on that one, both on the long term and on the trading side. If you take a look at our traders playbook, we've been positive for CNPF for the whole of, at least for so long, and we reiterated that this April. For CNPF, we expect CNPF to continue to be strong even post-pandemic. It has new brands, and that you know CNPF has been doing so well uh, in, in capturing the demand ever since the pandemic, right? So we, we continue to like CNPF, buy on pullbacks, specifically 19 to 19.50 pesos, which is the support right now. If you're a long-term investor, continue to hold, continue to hold CNPF. 
So another good question is, uh, which stock is the alpha among our reopening winners? So let me, if you're looking at the slides, let me go back to, to our slide where we show our picks. If you're looking at the slide, this is actually in order with SM being our top pick. But if you mean alpha, if you're referring to upside, then you act accordingly in terms of the upside. So for example, RLC has the biggest upside. That could be your uh, top pick in looking at upside. But you, uh, fundamentally, SM is our number one. What do we think about Mega World? Yeah, for Mega World, in terms of in totality, in terms of square meters, exposure to Pogo has the most exposure. That's why it's been so down in April because of the fear of you know the effect on its earnings, right? That being said, for us, that's why we recommend Ayala Land, SMPH, RLC instead because they have that growth prospect on the residential side. For Megaworld, because most of their exposure has been on the office side, right? Which has worked well for them last year because it was stable, eh? stable in office. But right now, for those looking at upside in the property space, we recommend uh, SMPH, Ali, and RLC. Okay, so next question is, do, do we think Phil uh, Invest Land, the listed stock already will benefit if there will be a fly rate? Well, keep in mind, in terms of fundamentals, solely on fundamentals, whatever fly rate, the proceeds of the REIT business, it, it, it is actually a requirement to reinvest that. So technically, Phil Invest Land, the listed company already right now, should benefit, right? Of course, if you take a look at the share price of, for example, ARIT to Ayala Land, DDR to Double Dragon, it seems like the share price has not yet benefited. And I understand that may be your concern right now. But if you take a look at fundamentals alone, yes, they should benefit in the long term. Yes, example piece of opening winners, you're looking at the slide right now. Those are our, those will be our picks from the property, consumer discretionary, and financials. With regard penny stocks, would there be a handful that you would recommend? Yeah, take a look at our traders' playbook. We have a several recommendations there. We showed to you one earlier, not necessarily penny stock, but not an index stock. So one is wholesome. If you want more non-index recommendations, take a look at our traders' playbook. Um, we've been recommending my, some mining companies also there. So take a look at our uh, research tab in First Metro Securities. Oh, okay, another good question. The app, mobile app says SM is a hold, but this webinar suggests it's a good stock to buy. We understand that you may be confused, but again, we would like to always reiterate the difference between consensus and what's our call. Consensus, guys, is the average call of all stock brokerages. Our recommendation is buy. If you average all the stock brokerage firms and, for example, get the majority, conning call nila, it's hold. So that's the difference. I hope uh, you clear that out also to your friends. I think it's it's quite a confusion nowadays in terms of our research. That's why if you take a look at Consensus Corner in the last page, we specifically explain what consensus means. And that is the average call, average target price of all the stock brokerages that cover the stock. Thank you. So another question is, what do you think about PNB? That's a good question. We actually had a buy call on that on previous playbook, although we were quite a bit early. But if you take a look at the assets that it's being na ibebenta ni PNB, it's 46.7 billion. If you take a look at the market cap of PNB right now, it's 43 billion. So you can see how cheap PNB is right now. But what's the caveat? The main issue of PNB right now is its non-performing loans is higher 
than most banks, the most listed banks. That's why it's not being bought up that much by institutional companies, even if the sale of the of these assets were announced last year. Pa. So again, we agree that PNB is uh, cheap. If you take a look at price to book, in terms of valuations, cheap talaga siya compared to other banks. But it has that, you know, a bit of a problem. Mas mataas yung non-performing loans na compared to other banks. So technically, from that number alone, the key takeaway there is mas expose siya sa mga consumer loans na nagde-default. So that's why. Yeah, huge foreign buying today. I, I think I saw, I think it was Regis yata, who bought PNB today, if I'm not mistaken. Nevertheless, it was just recently. It's mainly probably they're buying because of the property dividend. Deutsche, yes, Deutsche. Regis, yeah. So they probably bought PNB because of the property dividend. But they have not been buying earlier because of that non-performing loans issue. So it's something to watch out for. For example, if natapos yung property dividend, baka ibentan siya bigla, right? That could be a risk. Because uh, the main fundamental thing here is that yung non-performing loans niya is somewhat of an issue to the bigger uh, fund managers. For DMC, I would like first to see the first quarter earnings, how well it did or how well it bad it did, etc. So it's I would like to first take a look at the earnings of DMC in the first quarter of the year before we make a further judgment. Because for example, AAV, we were not positive on that one last year. But after seeing the first quarter, okay, we're seeing good signs of rebound. That's why we recommended it. For DNL, yeah, we, we actually have a, a buy call on that on Trader's Playbook. Uh, for DNL, it's already seeing recovery as early as fourth quarter of the year. That's why we like uh, we continue to like DNL. And a good signal for DNL is since a manufacturing, consumer manufacturing company, it's already seeing higher orders from its clients significantly. Yung mga listed companies, it has listed companies, listed consumer companies na clients niya. And it's already seeing bigger orders from there. So that's why it's a good sign for DNL. Okay, so what are the thoughts on gaming casino sectors like Bloom, PLC, and PHR? Should we accumulate at this point? Yeah, we understand that they are at the opening play, but same as hotels, they could lag the recovery. They will recover, but they may lag the recovery. For PHR, again, the, the main catalyst for that one is if mag-operate na yung, yung casino niya sa Mactan, right? Yung resort casino niya sa Mactan. For Bloom PLC, the main catalyst is reopening, right? We should wait for further reopening. This is not yet the type of reopening that they prefer. So we should wait for further reopening news. For example, if mag-GCQ, maybe expect the gaming stocks to, to rally. So definitely something to put on your watch list. Some, that, di naman siya dapat i-disregard, right? Put it on your watch list. Definitely a beneficiary of further reopening, but this is not yet the kind of reopening environment they will be significantly benefit from. Last question is, what's your view on MPI stocks? Your consensus target price has good upside potential, but it's still a laggard this time. Yes, we recognize that the consensus target price is high. Other stock brokers just seem to think that MPI is already still cheap, right? But the thing here is, for MPI, it's exposed to several kinds of companies. That's why medyo nagahalo-halo. I continue to believe MPI is still cheap, is still worthy of investing Imagine it has exposure on Meralco, it has exposure on Expressways, NLEX, SLEX, it has exposure on hospi- hospitals, it has exposure on logistics, right? It's just a matter of time where, where it will be appreciated. Okay, you could you, you could only maybe you could only allocate a bit to your portfolio if you're not that 
if you're quite impatient on MPI, but it's definitely something to expect that may outperform moving forward, given how significantly cheap it is. So there, so thank you for all your questions. Okay, so if you want to hear more from us, besides this, we always invite guests every month to be part of our podcast and you will be excited on who will be invited next month. One clue is the sector that guests will be included from is tech is the hot asset right now. Okay, so something for you to watch out for. Right. So yeah, our podcast has been as ranked as the top business podcast last August by Spotify, right? And we were also trending as much as number twenty-one last March one, twenty twenty-one. So thank you for all the for all those who are listening. So besides that, we also have several events. We have significant. We have lots of events this month. So you could go to our Facebook page. Uh, look at uh, our events. You could even take a look at the the publicity material we posted. You will see there this certain link will it will connect you to this page where you can register to our events. Okay, so lots of events. Please attend for the, the newbies, even for the non newbies. Good to know. So thank you, everyone. Have a good weekend ahead, and see you soon. And as always, with First Metric Securities, is hashtag your future first. Thanks for listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to follow us to get first dibs on our new episodes. For more up-to-date market news and info, exclusive content, and the opportunity to connect with your fellow Filipino investors and traders, join facebook.com slash groups slash First Metro Sec and be part of the First Metro Sec family. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>